Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we have another special guest, and she is going to introduce herself. Hello, everyone. My name is Randy Cole, and I am the 21 National Elite Ms. United States Agriculture. Uh, my husband, Trent, and I live in DeSoto, Kansas, just outside of Lawrence. Uh, you might know Lawrence uh, because we just won the national title for basketball. Go Rock Chalk Jayhawks. <laughs> um, but we live here in Kansas, and I am so thrilled to be with you and, and talk to you today. I'm so excited that you're on the podcast as well, and you've mentioned that you are United States Agriculture. So what is that system? Uh, tell the listeners a little more about it. Yeah, it is a tremendous system promoting the world of agriculture. So the motto is teach, inspire, advocate. And what we do is we advocate for women in agriculture and agriculture as a whole. So bringing up generations through farming communities, um, we've got girls involved in absolutely everything. So they are out there in show rings or livestock auctions um, or, you know, deep in volunteer work. So anything agriculture-based is what the system is all about. It's a it's a wonderful system. It stretches coast to coast. We've got delegates all over the country. So how did you find this system? Like what drew you to this specific system? So in 2019, I had the honor of winning uh, Mrs. Kansas United States. So it's with the United States system. And when that reign was over, um, I knew that I wanted to, to do something else. I, I had developed my platform and I knew I didn't want to be done, but I wasn't sure exactly where I was going to go with it. Um, and that itself is an interesting story because I, I had never done a pageant before. I was 43 years old and my husband bet me. He said, I bet you won't do it. And so I was like, okay, put your money where your mouth is, honey. Not only am I going to do this pageant, but I'm going to win it. And so I won Mrs. Kansas United States, did that, developed this platform. And I was like, oh, I need to do more. And my, my platform is about hearing loss, and I'll get more into that later, um, but I am deaf in one ear, and I knew that I wasn't done with the work that I'd done for the hearing charities, and just happened to be Googling, and I found, I was like, think of things you love. So you love pageantry. After one year of being in it, you love pageantry, and you love agriculture. I grew up on a farm. I love being around just the farming community, the salt of the earth people. And lo and behold, Google search, I found Miss United States Agriculture. And I was like, oh my gosh, there truly is a pageant for every everything. Um, and messaged the director, just had a really nice conversation with her, learned a little more about the system, uh, the fact that they you know, promote girls all over the country in agriculture and then realized how I could tweak my platform to target um, our farmers and ranchers all over the country as well. So it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Um, I'm a volunteer 4-H leader as well with kids. And so the whole, all those worlds that I love just combined. So it was a great fit. <laughs> I love that. And you mentioned your platform is about hearing loss. Can you tell the listeners a little more about that? Yeah. So uh, my platform, I use the hashtag until the whole world hears. And so in 2016, uh, Thanksgiving in 2016, I got a virus, got a nasty cold. And with that, I lost the hearing in my left ear. While all of the symptoms from the cold, you know, I did what everybody does. I went to the drugstore, I bought over-the-counter stuff. 
um, it, it wasn't getting better. So I went to the doctor, you know, it was, it was a cold, it was a virus, bronchitis, all that good stuff. Took all the prescriptions, every symptom went away, except my hearing didn't come back. And so I went back to the doctor and he said, mm, this might be a little bit more, sent me on to specialists, some testing. Um, and I have something called sudden sense neural hearing loss. I lost all the hearing in my left ear. And um, this is something I advocate for because what happens is people do exactly what I do. Uh, you wait, you think it's a cold, but the truth is anytime you suffer hearing loss, you need to get emergency treatment for that because the sooner they get those steroids basically injected through your eardrum, the sooner they get that treatment, the more chance you are of saving any percentage of your hearing. And so a lot of us, we do the same thing. We wait, think we can take care of it ourselves and um, unfortunately, it was too late in my case. But so I developed that platform, did a lot of work with Hearing Charities of America. Um, they have a project called the Hearing Aid Project, where they take in used hearing aids, they refurbish them, and they give them to people who can't afford hearing aids. Because honestly, hearing aids are the price of a used car. They are so, so expensive. Um, and people, it's, it's a statistic that people are waiting about 15 years from the time they suffer a hearing loss to the time they actually get a hearing aid. So that's 15 years of missing out on conversations. I love you, your kids' choir concerts, all that good stuff. And that's just, it's just too long. Uh, there's no reason for it. So did a lot of platform work with them. And I thought, ah, I, I can't be done with this. And when it comes to our agriculture community, we have farmers and ranchers who are exposed to high volumes of noise from ventilation systems to, if you've ever been around a hog operation, the squealing sound of hogs, um, besides their machinery, it's, it's inevitable. They're going to suffer a hearing loss if they're not using hearing protection. And when we talk about farmers, sometimes they're a little stubborn when it comes to things like, you know, hearing protection. Um, but the word is getting out They're They're starting to get it. And so it's, it's been a wonderful journey, not only for me to learn about my own hearing loss and the steps I have to take, but also how I can reach that, that community that's so special to me and help them as well. That is such an interesting spin on it to, you know, make it more relevant to the system you were in. And it just broadened your platform even more than you could have possibly expected. So it's such a very unique thing that you were able to do with your platform, not alone, you know, definitely advocating for those with hearing loss, but also helping a certain community of people that may have never had someone actually advocating for them or not a lot of people have this type of platform where they're able to put it towards communities that may not have had that help before. So that really is amazing. And going back to, you mentioned you started pageants as a joke. So is it more to that story or is it just like it simply was a funny joke and then you're like, I'm actually going to win this thing? Yeah. So I, I kind of been following, or not kind of been, I had been following the girls on Facebook and social media. Um, the, local Kansas girls that were competing. I shouldn't say girls, I should call them women. Um, and following the Mrs. Contestants. And I would critique gowns, critique hair, makeup, things, their posts and this kind of thing. And my husband was just like, oh my gosh, I'm over it, Randy. He's like, either do this or stop talking about it. So he's like, I'm going to bet you won't do it. And he, he knows I'm competitive. The minute he said that, he triggered me into, okay, buddy. I'm, I'm going to do it. Buckle up. Because 
when I won Mrs. Kansas United States, that automatically means that he became Mr. Kansas United States. And at 43 years old, I, I didn't know really what I was getting into and it was a whole new world. So yeah, it was kind of a funny joke, but man, did it light a fire. <laughs> It really is. It's like a pageant bug. One of my friends referred it to as that like once you get the bug, like you just can't stop. It's like, okay, it's not about winning, but it's more of like, okay, what else can I do next? What is community service opportunities I can do? What can I do with my platform now that I have this something that I'm passionate about? So you really did get the pageant bug after that one. (laughs) I did. And it became kind of a family event too. It was a wonderful way to connect. Um, I have two teenage daughters who they really don't want anything to do with pageants. Um, Maybe that'll come later. I don't know. You know, I didn't either when I was their age, so whatever. But they would come out to the events and volunteer with me. My husband became um, well-versed in hearing loss as well as uh, the pageant world. You know, he's constantly carrying the garment bags and driving in the parades, which he loves because we got sponsored with beautiful cars. (laughs) So, but it really became a family thing in, in that those are memories that pageantry gave me. And it definitely is that support system that's like really backing you. And it really does. It just is a warm feeling to have everyone involved. And it's not like a solo event, like, okay, I got to go do this thing this weekend. But your family is really willing to all like, all right, let's get in the car. Let's go. Let's go to this event. And especially your husband getting able to do and drive in those cool parades with the cool cars. I love that. My dad, that was his absolute favorite part. He was like, okay, what kind of car are we doing now? Or if it was his car, he would clean the car up the day before, shine the wheels, and then we get the nice magnets for his side. Oh, he thought he was styling and profiling. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Trent has a shirt. It says, just call me on the front, dot, dot, dot. And then the back says, Mr. Kansas. Like, he totally owned his title. <laughs> I love that. I love that he was so, like, ready to be involved, too. He was like, I'm Mr. Kansas now. Y'all just didn't know it. <laughs> You know, there are mince pageants. We could put them in a mince pageant next. <laughs> we got to start doing bets against him. That's what we need to start doing. <laughs> I love it. You mentioned that your daughters aren't very into pageants. For girls out there that are listening that are possibly looking into it or kind of on the edge, what would be a piece of advice you would give them to kind of dip their toe into the world of pageantry? Um, I, you know, I tell a lot of the girl, a lot of the girls in our system specifically are younger and I tell them, you know, take a little bit of time, be a sponge, soak in everything you can squeeze out the fluff and the excess. Cause there's a lot of that out there, especially in the pageant world. There really is squeeze out the excess, pull in those nuggets, soak in those nuggets that really speak to you, find the system that works for you and be open don't listen to those stereotypes. Be open, you know, be that sponge, take in what's out there and available to you. The scholarship opportunities. Oh my goodness. If I'd have known the scholarship opportunities when I was younger, I, I would have started pageantry a long time, you know, well before 43. <laughs> so yeah, be that sponge. No, I I absolutely agree with that. That was one of the big things that drew my mom and I into pageantry was, okay, like if we can pay for some of my college with this, or at least just my freshman year, we're happy. And it really did pay for itself over time when, because I'm the person that I reuse a dress or two. I don't, I don't mind doing that just because, you know, you pay good money for it in the pageant world. So you're going to want to reuse those things, but definitely 
the scholarships and the networking opportunities and the friendships that you take away from the pageant world, you may not get that anywhere else other than just, you know, maybe being friends with someone on LinkedIn or going to like a conference. But the pageant world, it's, I feel like it's always a walking interview. You never know who you're going to run into. And that's what, when you say soak it up like a sponge, I've been to those pageants where I knew I wasn't going to win and I was okay with it because I wanted to see, okay, for the people that are in that top five group or in the, you know, the main like running leaders of the group, I wanted to learn, okay, what is your system? How did you get to where you are now? What was your goals that you put in place? And so that's the one thing growing up in the pageant world, it definitely kind of gave me the mindset of more of like, I am a competitive person, but sometimes it's okay to know that I'm not going to win in this one, but I win by the lessons that I learned by being a part of it. And that's the big part that some people just forget. And they're, they're, they want the crown, they want the sash, they want, you know, the branding of, oh, I am this new national person. And you have to take a step back and remember, it's not about that. It's about the experience and it's about the lessons. And, you know, I always say it's either a blessing or a lesson and you never know which one you're going to walk into. And so you have to be grateful and just happy and enjoy your time. And one of the best things that I've heard recently is you prepare as best as you can. And then you go into the weekend or the week of that pageant and you just press play. You've done everything you can to prepare for these types of things. I want to say Savvy Shields is who said it. Um, Miss America from probably like 2018, 2019. Um, But she said that. And I was like, wow, like that is so true. Like if you are putting in the time and the effort, you, you got to look at it as a lesson or a blessing. Like that's just how you have to look at it as, because if a new set of judge, a new day, you never know who could actually win that pageant. So that's the craziest thing being a part of the pageant world is you just never know what they're looking for. And so as long as you go into the weekends or the weeks, just knowing that you've done your best and you're happy and you just press play and just let it roll. Yep. Absolutely. That is great advice too. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think they're definitely going to get some good lessons out out of this episode for sure. But going into this, so you said you started competing at 43 and what was kind of your reserves before joining the pageant world? Was it just never really a thought or like, I know you mentioned that you like to look at their stuff and you're like, oh, I, I can see them wearing this different dress or this different hairstyle. What kind of, I mean, other than the competitiveness, what held you back in the beginning? Yeah. You know, I, now that I've had, you know, a, a career, I'm using air quotes, our career in pageantry, um, I've, I have been asked that and I've wrestled with a little bit and it's stereotypes. I was so held back by those stereotypes. Um, And I knew the first system I was going to do was United States. And I knew I had to do swim. That is what held me back. That's always been what's held me back is that insecurity of getting on a stage in front of all those people, including my parents, (laughs) because I grew up in a very conservative family, um, you know, a farming community. And I just did not want to be in a swimsuit. I just, I just, it, I really struggled with that. Um, the first swimsuit I bought for competing was a, a one piece. And, um, I'll be honest, I work out constantly. I am, I, I should not have had those preconceived notions in my head because my pageant coach finally talked me into, because I did hire a pageant coach and my pageant coach said, honey, you don't need a one piece. Those abs need to be seen. So get a two piece and we'll get you up on stage. You're going to be fine. And thank goodness, because honestly, competing in 
that portion totally lit me on fire for the rest of the pageant. Like I, it, it was so freeing and so exciting and so empowering. Like I have, and I want every woman to feel this way. I, you have nothing to be afraid of. You really don't. It's such a freeing and great feeling. And, and, and you know, to end the story, my parents were fine with it <laughs> and very supportive too. So I, yeah, those stereotypes that come with the pageant world, let those go because there are so many other things that come, come from it. It's not, it's not those stereotypes. It's really not. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one thing that people are still comparing pageants to is toddlers and tiaras. They think that it is a bunch of whiny crybabies with crazy mamas. That's really what they think it is. But you have to remember, some girls in the pageant world are that way just because that's who they are. And, you know, they rock and do whatever they do with it. But some of us are actually here, like, we are the beauty and the brain. We are happy, you know, to be on stage. We're here for scholarship money. We're here for service events. Like, we have other reasons why we're here. We're not here to just walk on stage and look glitz and glam. Like that's not what we're here for. Like you have an amazing platform that you're here and happy to share. And it's just a newfound passion that maybe if you didn't join the pageant world, you wouldn't realize that you're, you're passionate about. And so that's a really good thing that those stereotypes are starting to be kind of stepped on and crushed because the women of today are, you know, breaking glass ceilings. Like they're doing things that, People would never have expected those crazy toddlers and tiara girls to do. Like you have people like Sydney Park who are, you know, I stand like a lady. Like that is her new initiative and people are taking that and running with it. Like I bought a t-shirt that says that on it. Like, like it is just such a thing that people still don't give us the respect we deserve for it. And I think that's something that nowadays is l- being learned to respect. And so I think that's something definitely that I, I totally agree with you. When I was younger, I was that kid that people were like, oh, she's just a brat because she does pageants or they wouldn't hang out with me or they wouldn't be my friend because at some points they were insecure or they were intimidated by how confident I could be or how I looked on stage when I posted a picture or if I won a pageant, they just kind of shrugged their shoulders like, oh, like, you know, her mom worked at the school. That's why she won the pageant or she knew somebody in the city. Like, you know, everybody always has their reasoning to not let you have that win. And so that was always the best feeling is when you could just kind of stick it to them. Like I am who I am. I am proud of my platform. I am passionate about what I've done. I, you know, had to stand in front of a group of judges and answer questions. Like not many people can do that. And so it's those interesting skills that the pageant world gives you that you would have never expected. So I'm really glad that you did mention stereotypes because I feel like that's something nowadays that people are starting to respect the pageant world more for than they ever did before. Yeah, the the confidence and the resilience that I should have had in my 30s came in my 40s because of pageantry. So um, and it it's just set me up for so much more success. Um, I I've had another kind of health setback. I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And had that happened earlier in my life, I don't know that I would have handled it the way I've handled it now um, because I, I'm, I'm able to accept it. And I also can, you know, grab the bull by the horns and be like, hey, we're going to fight this. And I can also tie Lyme disease to my agriculture community as well. You know, our farmers and ranchers are outside all the time with livestock and, 
you know, exposed to the elements of Lyme disease. We have 30,000 cases every year in the United States being diagnosed. So um, I think pageantry helped me just to be that resilient person and to know I've got this community of support and we're going to work through this together. It truly is a community that comes together and is like uplifting and empowering other women is such a great part of being able to be a part of this community and supporters behind you is such an amazing thing. And, you know, I'm so glad that pageants have allowed you to take it by the horns. Like that is definitely one thing that I'm glad that you have that power now that maybe you might not have had before, or it could have been, you know, just a little less bright than it was before. I'm really glad that you are able to, you know, shine in the pageant world like you have. And I'm just so glad that we're finally getting to meet. And I know uh, you actually won the Queen's Magnet. You were in the top three. So of course, I wanted to talk about that. Were you excited about that? Was that kind of random? Like, how, how did you feel when you heard that you won that? I was shocked when I heard that I won that and thrilled all at the same time. Um, I, you know, I wasn't 100% sure how that was going to go, but I love my magnet and I'm, I'm always showing it off when I go to events um, with other queens because I want them to have one too. I'm like, keep this thing from slipping off. You know, it's the silky material those sashes are. Um, and you can put your platform in there. You can put a logo, you can put your face, whatever you want. But I was I was so surprised when I won that and um, grateful that, you know, there's another opportunity to promote and promote my platform. You know, when someone uses their business to help another queen, I, I just can't think of enough. That was a wonderful surprise. It absolutely was. And I know when Journey had reached out to me, she was like, uh, Rainy will be reaching out to you. And I immediately looked you up on Instagram and I realized, I was like, this is a new pageant. I have not heard of this one before. I was so excited to speak with you. And I'm just so glad that we were able to sit down. Like, it's so crazy that the things we can do with technology nowadays, being able to record virtually and still being able to have these great conversations and good connections. And honestly, I want to do a big thank you to Journey out there for, you know, allowing us to meet because, you know, who knows if we would have ever ran paths in front of each other. So I'm so glad that we have been able to. And I have one final question for you. Are you ready? Okay, big breath. <laughs> <laughs> in what way has pageants positively impacted you? Oh, there are so many, but to not take up so much time, I'll just say the first one that comes to mind. Um, and I will say that is my resilience um, because of the community and the sisterhood that I now have, especially with my uh, United States Queens as sister Queens, as well as my United States agriculture sister Queens that I know I'm going to have for a life. Um, I know whatever's thrown at me, I can handle it. And I didn't have that skill before, even as a 40 year old woman. Um, but at, after 43, when I started my pageant journey, I know deep down I've got these girls that have my back and I have theirs and um, the resilience that I've gathered and gained from pageantry is something I will always cherish. That was amazing. I, <laughs> I, I really respect that. That is such a great thing that, you know, I'm glad that you were able to join this pageant community and you were able to learn these things and it's never too late to join the pageant world. And I feel like that's something that you are, that you are definitely on top of and promoting is, look at me. Like I can do this. I'm 43 and there's apps like I can join the pageant world. What are you doing? Why are you waiting? <laughs> so 
Well, I'm almost 47 now. So I was 43 when I started. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to tell anyone that. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. But again, Randy, before we before we get off here and we say goodbye to everyone, do you have an Instagram or a Facebook that people can stay connected with you or possibly reach out to you and talk more about your platform? Oh, I would love to. Um, you can catch me on Facebook. It's Randy Hazelwood Cole, uh, the 2021 National Elite Miss United States Agriculture on Facebook. That's the best way to reach me. Um, and yeah, I have you know, kind of a dual platform with the Hearing Charities of America, as well as uh, the Lyme Warriors as well. So happy to happy to discuss that, as well as anything agriculture related as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Randy, for being on here today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. And well, you know, guys, you never know what happens in the future. So I guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowding Moment. Bye, guys. Bye.